Hey guys, this is Jim Belushi. I play Cade on the podcast. I just wanted to record this intro as a little fun thank you for uh, sticking out here with us over the course of over two years now. Um, since Spider-Man Far From Home came out, we've been hyping up Black Widow and saying we were going to do it. And, you know, it's really on us that it got pushed back three times. So I wanted to apologize for that and just share this little introduction for fun. Um, this is the first time since the start of the podcast that me and Jordan have seen the movies at separate times. We have not been in the theater together. He lives in Atlanta. I live in Virginia. That's a different time zone, so we can't even see them at the same time. I saw this movie first, and as a result, I have some predictions of what I think Jordan is going to think about this movie. Uh, Prediction number one, this movie has a massive Phase 2 energy to it. I love Phase 2 movies. I love Age of Ultron. I love Winter Soldier. I love Ant-Man. All of these are perfect films, obviously. You know that about me. But Jordan does not like those movies. I'm I'm predicting that he's going to give this a similar rating to Ant-Man 1 or 2 and be a little turned off from Marvel for a bit, even if the Loki ending sticks the landing. Uh, Prediction number two, I do think he will believe uh, he's going to love David Harbour's character. I'm confident in that. And I think his favorite part of the movie is going to be, uh, let's see, David Harbour singing American Pie. That's, I bet he's going to talk about that at volume. Um, Prediction number three, he's been saying the word bonerific a lot lately, and it's kind of strange because he's in law school and that doesn't seem like a very professional word for him to say. Uh, But that's my other prediction is he's going to say the word bonerific at least one time during this podcast. Uh, Anyway, um, thank you all for listening. Thanks for a great 90 episodes now. And without further ado, here is our intro to Black Widow. Good afternoon. I'm Jordan Peoples and Marvel sucks. I'm Cade Weiberg, and no it doesn't, and we are here for the first time in over two years, I think it's two years, five days, to talk to you about Black Widow, the first movie in MCU canon since Spider-Man Far From Home. Really appreciate all those fans who have stuck by our side this whole time and uh, waited patiently for this movie that's been delayed three times. Uh, and you know, Cade, Cade, that reminds me. Uh huh. Of the theme. <laughs> From the pilot to the program, in the center of a stupid, everyone knows our name. Such a good theme. I haven't heard it in two years and five days. I know we've done like other shows and stuff, but this is like. Do you even remember how to review movies? Okay, that was stool boom. <laughs> that one was stool boom. <laughs> Why, I that was we not our doing... normal theme. That okay. All right, I misunderstood. I thought you were putting that at the front. No, end. and we're keeping this too. All right, this was a fine. pre-prepared bit that Cage just, just whiffed. That we're going to totally, talk about you, stool boom. You said it was going to go at the front of the episode. Well, this is the front of the episode. We haven't recorded any of this yet. Oh man! All right, it's early. So that, we're we're recording at nine o'clock. This is the earliest we have ever recorded a podcast, I think. Yeah. No, it is It is within the 9 a.m. time slot. Uh, it is later at 9 a.m. at this point, but still, it's early yeah. for us. We were supposed to meet half an hour ago, and time made fools of us both, so... Yeah. Uh, we're we're ready to go now. We're we're ready to talk Black Widow. I guess and, we can listen to the talk- regular theme. Well, no. Well, first we gotta say something about waiting for Guffman, which is oh, the yeah. reason that I played it. Is that I just 
watched we it. love waiting for guffman you know this about us yeah and i watched it with ellie and ellie had never seen it so it was her first watch what did ellie think of waiting for guffman uh she thought it was great of course because it's impossible okay. not to love this movie <laughs> and corky st Clair, best character all, all, is the best character christopher guest has ever done absolutely like that that scene with him dancing in his apartment like when he's preparing the dances and he's got the backwards pants and he does that weird (laughs) waist thing it's amazing and also stool boom is the worst song ever penny for your thoughts is the greatest song of all time would a shiny new quarter buy a peek at your schemes yeah (laughs) so such a menacing word um well, do you want to hear the new intro now? Or the real intro? The real intro? Sure. This is a Marvel podcast, I guess. I did say new intro accidentally, but did you whip up a new intro for Phase 4? Uh, no. Even though we've been talking about it with the TV shows, that's technically Phase 4. Yeah. No, I have not. That's Okay, so it's, it sounds like I'm hearing we don't have a new theme coming. No, this is going to be, and it's hard to believe, this will be the exact same theme. Listen closely to see if you can spot that there's no differences. Okay, I'm going to listen. I think Marvel sucks. No, it doesn't. No, it really does. No. Yeah, you're right. No differences (laughs) at all. That was the very same one. I really expected something new. Yeah. Um... Well, I mean, I so I listened to the Far From Home episode just to remember how we did movies, uh, and there's this 15-minute bit uh, where we talk about if Juggalos were the only ones who weren't snapped. Yeah. And it ended with you saying you would never receive medical help from a Juggalo, and I want to know <laughs> if two years later, if you had a Juggalo doctor, has your opinion changed, or... Do you still think that juggalos aren't smart? Uh, I did. I didn't say I don't think juggalos are smart. Well, not smart enough to, you know, perform medicine on you. I would say I would accept medical help from a juggalo as long as I didn't know they were a juggalo. If they <laughs> if they found somewhere in the process of the you know giving medical aid like i don't know what kind of doctor they are like if it's a Mm -hmm. surgeon if they've worked into the pre-surgery discussions the fact that they're a juggalo i'm gonna pass Uh because it's too big of a part of their identity and i don't (laughs) want them listening to juggalo music while i'm unconscious (laughs) (laughs) um what if i might like some of it will infiltrate my sleeping unconscious brain anyway and i just can't deal with that and this is definitely brain surgery they're getting. They're putting in a juggalo's brain in place of yours. Mm. Well, in that case, I'll love it, and I won't yeah. know that it didn't that it happened. But you don't know that you're get you're supposed to go in for a heart transplant, but he accidentally switches the folders, and you're getting a juggalo brain instead. Wow, you think that's just like his little agenda? He's putting his I, juggalo brains in because those guys wear out bodies fast. They I don't know certainly if, you, if do. you've seen juggalos, but they are not kind to their bodies in many cases. Uh, yeah. I, according to workaholics, they poop right out of their pants. <laughs> I have not seen that episode, but... It's really good. Uh, Adam, like, he drops something, like, it just falls out of his pants, and Adam bends down, and he's like, hey, you dropped this, and he's like, oh, it's poop. It's a piece of poop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's season one. It's high-quality entertainment. But, 
what if you didn't know they were a juggalo and you're about to go under for surgery and you see the doctor have a sip of Faygo? Well, and so he's wearing like his mask. Yeah. And I imagine he pulls it down for the sip and he's got the spray paint smiley face. <laughs> the bottom of his yeah, face yeah. is juggalo he paint on it. He just pulls it down. Sip of Faygo. <laughs> right back up. Uh, oh, I'd man. be I'd be a little concerned. But you're about to go under. Like, do you raise hell and you're like, no, 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 we can't do this right now. Mm, nah. Or do you he just made suck it through it med school, probably. Or he's fine. He infiltrated the hospital with magnets. He wouldn't know how they work, <laughs> so I don't know how he managed it. Um, well, it sounds like your opinions on Juggalos have not changed. Um, but my first question for this episode is, uh, how are you? Are you feeling uh, terrific or any variation of that word? Yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling sprightly this morning. Sprightly, okay. After having just seen a Marvel movie. Yeah, how was your... I know we talked a little about it uh, beforehand, Mm -hmm. but uh, how was your movie theater experience? It was good. There was one major snafu, which was... Major snafu. uh, We got a, a large popcorn that could get refills. Uh-huh. Um, and <laughs> Ellie got back. She left like 10 minutes into the movie because uh-huh. we ate most of the popcorn. We were trying to finish it before the credits or before the That's trailers. That's what you do. And, That's the Cade Weibrick special. But we barely missed that window. But she went anyway just like just a few minutes into the movie, and I just told her what happened. But while I was telling her what happened, I was leaning over, and uh-huh. my hand was kind of next to the bucket of popcorn and then when i went to lean back i bopped the popcorn oh, no! and dumped like not that much but like the top i don't know inch and a half of popcorn the butteriest of the popcorn oh. all over my body <laughs> and you had like butter stains on your pants yeah i got butter stains all over my pants and i like those oh. pants so i'm, oh, I'm pretty sad man. about it and i, I like I was like, well, and so I just ate all the, like, because some of it was in the crook of my arm. So I was just eating the popcorn out of the crook of my arm. That's the best stuff. I'm not going to waste it. No. It's it's, uh, gold. I will say, working in a movie theater again, I missed that free popcorn, baby. I can get garbage bags of it and just walk out of a building. It's (laughs) so satisfying. Yeah. Um, Uh, And it was so good just to have the, like, I'd gotten popcorn when I'd gone before, but they weren't doing, like, the refills and stuff because... I don't know. They would just load COVID. up. Yeah. Whatever COVID reason, they were like, you get only one thing of popcorn now, <laughs> and that will save your health. Uh, and us, our, our, pro, our 900% markup on corn. Yeah. But uh, this time, I ate so much corn, more than I really needed to. I just felt like disgusting afterward, but it was so good oh, and so it's buttery. So, it's so tasty. Did you go to a Regal, or did you go to another? It's It's a... I think it's Georgia Theater Company. They have like okay. AMCs down here. They don't have Regals down here. Okay. But this was um, neither an AMC nor a Regal. Is it like a small indie place or like no, a no? It's like dis- a it's a big place and it's got it's the kind of that has on, the only seats are the like big recliner chairs. Oh, nice. But it's not like an Alamo Draft House. Like it's still the size of a like a big like a Regal or something. Mm-hmm. But it's just it, the sit, seats are all those new like electric lean back seats gotcha how's but it's like the concessions like is it generic movie theater stuff or do they have like you said it's not like alamo so i guess they don't have like fresh food and no yeah yeah it it is much closer to a regal in every respect except for the chairs are fancy 
What about the popcorn? Is it real butter or the fake regal butter? Uh, I think it's... I don't know. It, um, it's got to be fake. It comes out of, like, the hose, and they let you put it on yourself. Yeah, then that... The, the, <laughs> they would not let real butter be sprayed by the average man. Yeah. Because that's, that's such an expensive power. cost. Is that what... Unless... So does Violet Crown have real butter? Oh, yeah. Is that is that a marked improvement? Yeah. I'm, that, I'm not uh, sure I would notice on a blind oh, taste test. Oh, it is very noticeable, I must tell you. Because <laughs> the Paramount also had real butter. Yeah. And it is such a different experience. Wow. Like, it's... Uh, to especially think that I, top layer. I stained all of my clothes used on with this with shitty fake, fake butter, butter. When I yeah. could have stained them with real butter. The only thing is, like, after you eat... Because I love decking it out. Like, usually for the customers, uh, the concessions people will do, like, a certain amount of squirts with the with the butter machine but i'm like no no no! i want this baby loaded so yeah. i end up putting like half a stick of butter in my bag of popcorn and i'm just like i feel sick afterwards yeah i no. just feel like like when you ate that wisconsin buttery sandwich yeah. on the way to the uh, first bite's amazing wedding. but then it, it yeah. becomes like it's like putting uh <coughs> i don't know like gumming up the works like everything yeah. starts to slow down as you go it's like yeah. uh-oh this is too much for my gears <laughs> Yeah, no, you feel it. Yeah, like it is. It is a noticeable feeling. What a time um, to be alive that we we have such plenty that we can eat till <laughs> our own uh, discomfort. Oh, this is it's great being an American, baby. Mm. Um, I am very curious what you're going to think of this movie. Uh, what are your thoughts? That's how we start these. That is how we start these. Um, my thoughts. Obviously, I loved it. It's perfect. It's Marvel. Um, directing, great. Loved the intro sequence. The fight choreography was amazing. The intro sequence was really cool. That was, I, I mean, like, it was so tense, like, just the flying away. Also, like, the, uh, I don't know, seeing them drive past, like, a football field or baseball field or whichever field that was. I don't know. I really yeah. like that opening sequence a lot. Yeah. Um, this movie, my only complaint is this movie should have been made like eight years ago like i feel like the movie was a reaction to wonder woman being so successful and they're like let's make a black widow we have a character that people love let's make our own movie yeah. Ooh, we got infinity war and endgame coming out let's push this back to 2020 Ooh, covid let's push this back to 2021 yeah no and, it should have been earlier and they really have no excuse not for it because they they i mean the only other person who doesn't have a movie a standalone is hawkeye yeah, um, but so it's like there's six original Avengers. Only one of them is a woman, and they're the one of the people that they omit from giving standalone films. Seems yes. kind of egregious. Although she is in more MCU films than most. Right, she does have like those little supporting roles, but still, that's not yeah. not quite the same. So I was honestly expecting this to take place over the course of her entire, like from Iron Man two. And I knew a majority of the film would take place between Civil War and Infinity War. Right. But I wanted little cameos. I know I was I was promised like a Tony Stark Civil War deleted scene and he was going to show up in this movie. That didn't deliver. I, I remember like Winter Soldier shot her in the stomach. I wanted a random cameo where she's on a mission uh, and she gets shot by like a... You don't even need Winter Soldier. Just do a dude in his gear wearing that mask and long hair and then mm. he walks away. I wanted that. I wanted... Uh, her to like talk with Bruce Banner and like figure out their relationship stuff. Uh, 
And now this was really a standalone movie. The Avengers were only in it in uh, like references that she made about. And she talked about them. She talked about them so much. Whereas, like, I've been waiting for this Budapest Hawkeye. Like, get Hawkeye. Can you not afford Jeremy Renner? Like, I don't want to see your tic tac toe like in the little cubby thing. I want to see you hanging out with Hawkeye and talking about Budapest instead of just. Now there's just this the story of Budapest has been hyped up so much and talked about for ten years that I don't know like even if they showed whatever sequence this was like if it would live up to it. Um, honestly, all of this could have been avoided if this movie came out in like 2016, 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I loved it. David Harbor, Florence Pugh, phenomenal. Yeah, the casting for this was excellent. I loved yes. everyone who was in the cast. And I think they uh, all carried their characters off really well. Um, do you want to break it down beat by beat? Should we should we go through this entire thing? Yeah. Let's let's do what we do. We're back, baby. Um, I also watched this in 3D, which uh, I have not watched a movie in 3D in maybe 10 years. I'm trying to think of the last one I saw. Yeah. It might have been like Avatar. Did they do any of those things where they like get a ping pong paddle and they bounce it right at the screen, like some extra extra stuff just for the 3D fans? No, no, like no. Black this Widow's all... like, look, I'm playing. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I remember that it's gone. No, it was it was all added in post. Like the movie was not shot in 3D. Um, the cool thing, what so one at the Violet Crown, we showed like the 15 years of Marvel celebration. I don't know if you had that at the start of your credits it's like stan lee talking about no. the mcu it's just like a minute short but they they hype up the new schedule so the next like shang chi and the eternals and they just do little teasers for those when those are coming out and then uh right before that though they like lead up they show footage of a theater watching cap get the hammer in endgame yeah and all of the Avengers assembling and the whole theater screaming. And that, like, gave me goosebumps. That was so... I got so hyped for this movie going in just from re-watching that moment. Yeah, no, that was knowing... that was very much a... Like, it felt like watching a good... Um, like, you're watching a, a football game or something and an amazing yeah. play happens. And it's just like, oh, I can't believe it. But yeah. it's, it's crazy that they managed to get that feeling out of a scripted thing. Because normally, yeah. like, knowing that it's all intentional and done by someone kind of ruins that effect. Yeah. Um, but somehow, that still pulled it off successfully. And it was I, it was hype. I, yeah. And imagine not seeing that in a theater opening night. Like, it would have been a completely different movie experience. Yeah, Ellie going in was like, Are, is this the type of crowd that's going to cheer when something good happens? I'm like, normally opening night, if, if you're ever going to get a crowd that cheers when stuff good stuff happens, yeah. it's now. Which our yeah. theater ended up not doing that. I mean, I know in the I, way you viewed it, I can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was me and another manager in the theater uh, watching it by ourselves at midnight. Yeah. And it... I, I mean, I didn't really see any moments where I would, like, audibly cheer. I know. Cheer. Yeah, that's really part of it. Like, I mean, we'll go it's through it. more of a it. subtle We'll go through it film. as the movie goes. There's some big moments, but none of them are not also a little sad or something. Yeah. You know? Like, I'm trying to yeah. think of... Yeah, we'll just have to get to them, because if I yeah, talk about we, them now, it's a mess. But, uh, we, we, will, we will get to it. So, uh... This movie starts, and also it took me, like, the first 30 minutes I was getting used to the 3D, so I do want to watch it again. Um, friend of the show, Joey Bunn, is theoretically coming tomorrow, and we're going to watch it together. That's fun. 
um, uh, but I want to watch it in 2D because this 3D was really cool. And also, like, the Marvel uh, comic intro thing, um, that was cool because, like, Cap throws a shield and it comes out at you. And, oh, so they you know, did do like some, of those. some of those. But, I mean, it wasn't... Ooh. Those already exist. Whoa. Like, I'm doing a visual <laughs> yeah. gag where I, I go towards the screen. And oddly, I'm wearing my 3D glasses, and Jordan's hands are actually reaching through my computer screen. It's yeah, a actually, thing. I touched Kate. It kind of shocked me, and I pulled my hand back really quick. <laughs> <laughs> it shocked you because I have electric powers. Yeah. Um, so this movie starts in 1995 in suburbia, and Natasha and Yolena, played by Florence Pugh, are children living with Rachel Weiss and david harbour and basically david harbour comes home from work and is like hey by the way we gotta go shit's about to hit the fan uh and then the girls are like oh we don't want to leave we love ohio which you know good for them rock and roll (laughs) hall of fame great state um and then there's this fun action sequence uh and they get to play american pie how excited were you for to hear american pie i do love that song um i think it's one of the great american songs like it's so american and the lyrics like the way they do like you know the all the uh allusions to the like music history and just society in general i think it's one of my favorites and i know i've had to defend it because uh some people are not a fan of the the great American Pie song that I love, but uh, I was excited to hear it here. Also, the weird <laughs> cover of um... "Smells Like Teen Spirit." Yeah, yeah. I was going to talk to you about that because I heard. I mean, we're about to get to it, but uh, I heard like through an article or some like a critic that watched this a week ago. Like, there's going to be a "Smells Like Teen Spirit" cover in the opening. I'm like, ah. Why are they covering a perfect song? I was very impressed with this cover. Well, this was a really solid cover. So what's really weird is like two days ago, I was sitting at my piano playing. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, what if I did like a slow version of this? And I was like going through it. And it's, I mean, obviously I do not have the haunting, beautiful voice of the singer <laughs> that was in this. But it was just yeah. weird that I was trying to play it on piano, like a stripped down piano version of Smells Like Teen Spirit. And then two days later, I went to a movie where that happened way better than yeah. i was doing why, it. why what prompted you to play smells like teen spirit i was uh so like i just have that ultimate guitar app with all the chords in it like where i yeah. save all my favorites uh so that was mm-hmm. just in there and i was just uh occasionally i'll just go to a letter and try to play some songs that i haven't played in a long time uh so okay. i was just in s and i saw smells like teen spirit and i was like oh i've never played that on piano huh and so i was playing smells like teen spirit wow uh coincidentally yeah or do you even like nirvana is that your what's your favorite nirvana song yeah i like that? nirvana uh probably uh i don't know like heart-shaped box i really like heart-shaped box okay. also in bloom right. in bloom is very very good i love in bloom uh, but uh i mean it's also just about a girl off. about a girl is kind of a classic that's the one that he said he was listening to yeah. uh beatles over to, and over and then he listened to the album with the beatles okay um 10 times mm-hmm. and then wrote that song uh which is honestly like i never i loved that song that's always been my favorite off of bleach mm-hmm. but 
like and then three years later i find out that fun fact i'm like oh no wonder i love this song yeah i love with the beatles um i i was just surprised you like nirvana because uh you know in college i was always listening to people yell at the music and uh you were listening to blur i've always liked nirvana i know you like smells like teen spirit i mean kurt cobain does not fall into a lot of the traps that a lot of the grunge artists do. Like, the reason I don't like a lot of grunge is that it's all the style of grunge without any mm-hmm. of, like, the good songwriting. But Kurt Cobain, <laughs> you strip those songs down to just, like, an acoustic guitar and one person singing, and the songs are yeah. still great. Like, the songs themselves are solid, and then it has that cool aesthetic over it whereas i feel like some other bands which i won't like try to go nitty-gritty because also i just don't know grunge that well but it just feels like people caterwauling over distorted guitars and like the songs themselves are garbage and they just have that (laughs) seattle grunge aesthetic on it i do think that's more post-grunge bands like the the early 2000s uh and i love those bands i love stained but i feel like you don't love stained no i don't love stained i also don't like like jane's addiction is that a grunge band oh they're i wouldn't call them grunge they came out around that time i don't know i'm trying like to think alternative of alternative rock pearl jam alice and jane alice, alice and jane that's pearl what jane. i'm thinking of you don't like alice and chains no oh or, or I love pearl alice jam or uh i don't know those are very different bands but still I don't know. That's, Grunge is not that's my, my favorite genre. Yes. Uh, I I know that about you. We, in fact, um, in 2015, got into a heated debate, which I would love to pick up again one day. Um, it was just throughout the day we were arguing about who was better, ABBA or Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. And this was like a three-hour argument with like six people in the room. With 50-50, like, everyone had a different opinion. Yeah. And the sides were split right down the middle. It was great. Yeah. ABBA. It was one of the more civilized discussions or arguments. Naturally, I'm on the side of ABBA, just in case people couldn't pick that up from context. Uh, Uh, And Cade was on the side of Pearl Jam. But uh, ABBA's songwriting is definitely better. (laughs) They, but They're not cool. I'll I'll give you that. (laughs) They're definitely not cool. But the songs themselves... I mean, they're catchy hooks, but yeah, take that away. Take take Blaine out of Missouri. What do you have? Well, Missouri falls, and then you take Missouri out of the U.S. <laughs> you tell me. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, great film. Um, that was a waiting right, for Guffman so... reference for people that just thought we lost our minds for a second. <laughs> They know at this point. We've mentioned that movie since yeah. the start of this podcast. I think we bring it up on like episode five. Yeah, no, it is a classic. Um, we also watched Best in Show, but that's that was that was less. Best in Show's great, it, yeah, but it does not have a quirky Saint Clair. His no. character in it is so funny, but it's a very understated character in Best in Show. Yeah. Whereas Corky Saint Clair is the type of character that can just steal the entire show in a way yes. that's great. <laughs> I am glad that they brought him back in Mascots. Oh, I have yeah, I haven't Even. seen that one. We watched it together. We did? No, we yes. didn't. I haven't seen yes, Mascots. Yes, we did. We watched Mascots together in 2016. Oh, wait. No, this is this is that sounds familiar now. <laughs> and Corky St. Clair was in it. I was very hype. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, it it, it was not as good as Waiting for Guffman, though. It I'm no, 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 no. But I was thrilled cuz I didn't know that character was coming back. Yeah. And he came back, so that was very exciting. 
Um, I had a lot of fun with mascots. I thought you did too, but you don't even remember watching it, so I guess we are at a crossroads. Yeah. Um, but why don't we... Actually, Waiting for Guffman was the first movie I got you to like on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so it's history. I, yeah, it is historically relevant to this podcast. Um, all right, we got to talk right. about this film. I, I'm trying to I'm trying to break it down. All right, so they, they leave. You hear American Pie, like Florence Pugh's favorite song is American Pie. Um, and they get to, they, they drive, uh, people are hunting them down. And it's a pretty good, like, action thriller chase sequence because um, the cops are trying to hunt them down and then they get to that airport where they have to fly away. I just thought the making her fly the plane and, like, the cars are coming, like, that was just like a, I mean, it's it's not uh, rewriting anything. Like, it's mm-hmm. pretty classic action tense moment, but I thought it was all really, really well handled. Yes, for sure. And I, I probably should have asked this at the start. What did Ellie think of the movie? Uh, well, uh, I'll talk about that later when I'm talking about mine. Because our okay. opinions ended up pretty similar when we were talking about okay. it all right. during the credits. Okay, perfect. Six Avengers each. Great. <laughs> um, so, uh, they end up in Cuba after Rachel Weiss gets shot while in the plane. They're flying. David Harbour is on the wing of the plane, which is pretty badass because also you think that he's going to get bumped off and he's gone forever. Well, that's... they. I figured he wasn't as soon as... Well, one, you know that he's in the movie later, so that kind of ruins yeah. it. Yeah. But also, once he has super strength, I'm like, oh, he's he's good. Yeah. Well, I figured he would fall off and then... They'd refind him. Get arrested and then they find him where they found him Interesting. later. Yeah, they could have done Because he that. ends up arrested anyway. Yeah. No, that's true. But they end up in Cuba and... Uh, yeah, I'm so... So I, I, you, you might have got this better. The 3D was still kind of working. It's, I was still getting used to it. So the the intro sequence with Smells Like Teen Spirit. Uh, right before that, they end up in Cuba, and Red Guardian is basically like, "Hey, I want to be a superhero again. Let me have my suit back." And that wasn't Castro, but you know, some dictator was whoever was running the show in Cuba was like, "Nah, not right now. You, you not yet." I thought and it was then, supposed uh, to be the young version of the main bad guy. That guy? I thought so. I don't know. I could be remembering that wrong. I mean, because that was like, I hadn't really been introduced to that character yet. But later, yeah. I thought that that was the same guy. We had not seen Drago yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then in the sequence, you see him a bunch. Like, because it kept yeah. doing, like, picture encircling him. So I so, figured that must be the same guy, but I don't know. But the girls, the girls get uh, knocked out yeah. and taken away. And then the intro sequence, like they are discovered in this box, but I thought like the cops found them, like in the <clears throat> in a shipping container. Like, did you pick up on that? Like, I, I thought it was, I was just, just trying the story to of them being like trafficked to Russia so that they could become okay. widows, and then okay. it was all there. And then some of it was them showing the fake holiday pictures that they did, so that they had you know Christmas pictures in their house in America. So they showed some yeah. of that too. So some of it was them, like stuff about them becoming the fake family, and some of it was stuff of them going to become widows afterwards. Okay. So it was like I guess okay. just a mixture of sad things that they went through during training and their youth because of uh-huh. uh, what's the guy's name again? Drago. 
uh, Red Guardian? Oh, Drago, yeah. Yeah. The villain? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> um, okay, so that piece is... For some reason, like, I, when they were in that shipping container, I'm like, oh, the cops found them or whatever. Or, and, or I didn't know if David Harbour was, like, the one to find them or... That... Yeah, that I that the 3D was kind of messing with me, so I couldn't piece together what was happening. Yeah, and I'll say this, just to make a note early. I think Drago was a really interesting villain. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I will also say would more like, about that later. I yeah, I would like to I would have liked to see more of him. Yes, in other movies. That's uh, basically that was going to be my thought too. Like it felt like yeah, he had a lot of interesting thing go things going for him to be a one movie villain. I. So, I think the best metaphor for this movie, and again, I loved it. It's perfect Marvel classic. Jordan's gonna say some mean things later. I got a feeling, <laughs> but I'm ready to. I'm ready to knock him out. Uh, I in sixth grade started my. Uh, I started writing like fiction stories. I got really into writing, um, and I wrote. I was trying to, I'm like, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to be like the first sixth grader to write a fiction book. And it's like this aliens attack and this hero fights them off and stuff. This hero that's kind it. of like a certain sixth grader who's writing the book. <laughs> no, no, no. He was, a, he was my perception of what a 25 year old is. And it's like, oh man, I missed the mark on what a 25 year old was capable <laughs> of. Like, like he's just like a full on, I just, it's, you can definitely tell if I, I don't know if I still have it in my room buried somewhere. But you can definitely tell, like, a 6th grader wrote for a 25-year-old. Yeah. (laughs) Like, uh, anyway. um, I wrote the book and I finished it and it was only 25 pages. So I'm like, huh, books are usually longer than this. (laughs) Uh, So I decided I would find the first and last word. Or the first, the last word on the the previous, on page one and the first word on page two and I would write a page in between every page until it was 50 pages. <laughs> and I would stretch it out like that. And oh I would just God. add all of these scenes. Uh, to me, this movie felt like page 1.5. Like it was just... like, And don't get me wrong, it was as if Stephen King or a fantastic writer wrote that page. But shoehorned is like a word that I think kind of fits where this right. story takes I mean, place that, that's in the, the That's the difficulty of, of putting a movie back amongst so many other data points like uh, other movies that you have to make it fit in with it's like well you have to this all has to happen it's also kind of wild that if all these things happen to her she doesn't like mention this (laughs) like it's just such a big deal and and, like no one ever mentions that time that the red room fell out of the sky in russia maybe they kept it hush hush i don't know but i mean they are also of all of the avengers to not talk about stuff Natasha. Yeah. So she just I guess on that the, fits the her down character. Low. Yeah. No biggie, like she guys. Would, she would never be like. And also, they were on the run for however long. Um, yeah. Uh, we can we can get into more of that later. But yeah, the <clears throat> the time in which this movie takes place, they were really trying to find a convenient time to tell this story. And I guess this was the most convenient within the window of the MCU. Can I can I just nest in here another thing I would say. Is that it felt okay. like for the emotional journey that this movie goes on, it mm-hmm. should have been like two movies. But also they don't have room for two movies because, like you said, yes. they have a limited time slot where this is supposed to all be going. I was thinking this should have been a Disney Plus show. Oh. Well, I mean, that also gives you more space. Like, that gives you more overall yeah. time to work with. I just felt like yeah. 
the relationships with the parents, yep. which we're going to get to, I guess, yes. pretty soon. Yeah. Because that's not too far through the film. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, them, like, working together. Like, at first I was like, okay, they're handling this pretty well. They're not just, like, forgiving them and being like, hey, we're family again and whatever. So, like, they yeah. were properly antagonistic. But at the same time, some of the journey just felt like, I don't know. Like, there were, there's just, there's a lot to get through. And, like, the whole movie takes place in the span of what like days yeah and there's like days. huge emotional arcs that happen yeah um for the but fortunately they're all super spies who don't have who have a pretty good handle on their emotions yeah anyway let's get back to the beat by beat okay so uh after that intro sequence it cuts to natasha running from our favorite thunderbolt ross mm-hmm. um also I was a little confused because they definitely use de-aging technology on him, <clears throat> but this is taking place like two years before, like, I, well, I guess 2023. When's the last time we saw him? Infinity War over like the hologram projection of him? Yeah, I guess. I think because um, he's in Civil War and this is supposed to take place right around Civil War. But honestly, they de-aged him to make him look younger than Civil War, it looked like. Hmm. I, I don't know if he's aged horribly in the past five years, but it, it was interesting that that was the choice for de-aging. Yeah. Uh, regardless, I was thrilled to see him because I love whenever they drop in characters from other stuff. That's what makes it a cinematic universe. Yeah, and that's, they did not do that much here. No. No, they didn't. That's why I was kind of like... That's my biggest gripe with this movie, other than the shoehorned in uh, to the timeline. Uh like who's whoever is buying her the stuff whatever it character they introduced uh ot what's his face yeah um that was an interesting OT. relationship too because it's like we're old friends we've been doing this forever it's like okay but you're new to me bud yeah like really you can't afford anybody who's in any of these other movies to make to just be like cap got you the the jet at the end of the movie or something like it, what, this guy who we've never met before is getting you like this high tech technology and stuff. Yeah, uh, he was interesting that they just dropped him in here. I would have liked. I would have much rather seen somebody. It didn't even need to be an adventure. Some character who's already in one of these movies, mm. plop them in this or a TV show. It should have. I guess. What if it was like Ned from Spider Man? Oh my god, <laughs> a million points! He's just the guy. I'm the guy in the chair now. I can get a jet, even though I'm in high school. <laughs> That would be hilarious. That probably wouldn't make sense. It would make no sense because it would also have been years ago when he was even younger. Yeah, so when Spider-Man was first in well, Civil 26, War. This takes place in 2016, yeah. so... Um, He's still a high school student. Yeah, I am... Psh, let's, let me think. Like, who, who... I'm trying to think who I would put in that role. Like, of all of the MCU characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, uh, because you don't want to use someone too big. Like, I mean, at least Ant-Man or something's on her team, and he's a famous yeah. thief. So it's not unreasonable yes. that he shrinks down, steals a plane, and then, I don't know. But he doesn't have plane but flying like, skills, so that doesn't make a lot of yeah. sense. Yeah, someone providing, like, intel. I I guess Nick Fury wouldn't be... Where has Nick Fury been doing in the... Because he's not in Civil War. And he's technically like a scroll for some. Part Imagine of this. if they had a Falcon, 
um, Ant-Man team up because they had fought before, but now they're on the same side. And then they also work together to get her a jet because he can surely fly a jet. That's true. He knows how to fly. So he sneaks in there and then uh, Sam, or Scott gets it rolling. And then while he does that, mm-hmm. then Sam comes in and he actually lifts it off or whatever. It's a cool yeah. sequence where they steal it and then they get it for it. Except for you can't, that draws away too much. And it's not like this movie needed more things shoved into it. <laughs> but they could even just I, have lines about how they stole it or whatever and being like, let's get the team I, back together. Beep, boop, beep. I, I mean, I, again, I don't need Avengers to. I need like just some CIA competent, even the guy like in Avengers who's playing Galaga. Like, he's like, I defected from S.H.I.E.L.D. or whatever. And now I. Now I steal planes and get intel for Black Widow. Yeah, I'm just I'm just thinking there. Or like, you're doing all the TV shows, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like, give one of those characters make this like their intro to the universe, and then you see them again in Falcon Winter Soldier. Uh, but anyway, that's not. It didn't obviously did not ruin the movie. I would have just liked to see more uh, tie into the main universe. Um. So she's escaping from Thunderbolt Ross, and Ross is like, we're going to get you. And then, obviously, they don't, because she ends up on a boat. Um, she is living in a trailer in the middle of Norway. Middle of nowhere, Norway. Yeah, and then the big heavy comes and tries to kill her. Who's yes. the skull master? Taskmaster. Skullmaster? <laughs> I, I just said the skull lady. I don't know her name. It was Taskmaster? Skull lady, oh. Taskmaster, yes. Okay. Who... Um, and I, I, I'm going to give my final opinion of this character at the end after we talk about Taskmaster. I love the idea of Taskmaster. I love the villain in the comics. I thought, especially in this immediate intro, like, because I already know everything, like, uh, in regards to powers. He watches, in the comics, he is Tony Masters. Okay. Who is a man with troubled memory. Uh, so he has very short-term memory, but he can immediately mirror any move that he sees and then at the beginning Did of this you this see much cool. of that yeah well so the thing is at the beginning of this which i really liked they show him in the red room and he's watching all of the avengers fight during civil war mm-hmm. where i'm like if you could pick any six minute video to show a guy who has this power that's the one yeah like you see all of them fighting and then he does you see him do the black panther powers you see him do cap you see him do Spider-Man when he swings off that grappling hook. Like, I loved that they showed the Civil War footage and that's what he was watching. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, overall, and I will talk about this more at the end, like, I feel like they underutilized his, his or her, now, character. Because um, Taskmaster is such a great villain, and I think that they will probably bring her back. Uh, I'm curious what they do with her, because it kind of seemed at the end like she was more saved by the good guys yeah it's interesting they have these widows now at the end of this movie that are just going to be around like and it's also funny because if you would have put them in the if the movie in chronological order in that big final fight sequence in endgame surely we would have had some little scene of them fighting if this had come in chronologically right yes you would think because they were free at that point and they have very special fighting skills I mean, maybe they die over the course of the next two years. Maybe they were all... Because it's 2016. Well, even if they're all snapped, they would have been back for that. Even if they all snapped, they'd come back. But maybe they die, like, before the snap. Yeah. Well, if they do, they we'll never know. Back. Because that would be a weird movie to make. <laughs> Just a movie where all the widows die. 
Yeah. <laughs> or they just like end up out of the picture. Yeah. And oh wait, also Black Widow is dead by the end of Endgame, so maybe they're like, we're not going to show up. We our our tie into these universe yeah. into these uh we're done here. super friends. Well, we have no connection to these super friends. Like, we're not going to show up and be like, hey, we're Natasha's friends. <laughs> like, let's let's fight Thanos. Like, that's not how it's going to work. Although, that is... is So, I'm, I'm just piecing this together now. Is Nick Fury really not in any movie chronologically between Age of Ultron and Endgame? Because he's in Captain Marvel, but that takes place in the past. So is he, like, really gone for, like, six years, or does he show up in any of these other movies? I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, huh. So as far as yeah, I know, it's... he's not, but... I don't... I, yeah, I don't think... I can't think that he's in any of these, because he's in the post-credits of Infinity War. But, like, I don't... You have no idea what he's been up to for five years. Yeah. Which is interesting. Like, is it, even the fact that he's not in Civil War is also... I guess he's underground, he's living in space now. I don't, I'm just trying to piece together when do the Skrulls take over mm. as him. I watched Captain Marvel last night, and it came up in my uh, routine mm. rewatch. Um, moving on. So what did you think about the fight between Taskmaster and Black Widow? I thought it was fine. You know, that's never the real draw for me, is the a- action sequences. Yeah, it was. It was I will say pretty good i don't know i did not pick up on a lot of the mirroring i remember like hearing that she has the power to mirror but it wasn't like when i was watching her i was like oh that's one of these that's one of those which i guess i should have been doing if i knew the fighting better but like again (laughs) i don't really care about the action that much so to me it just looked like generic superhero style fighting oh yeah i loved that introduction with the character i also people on the internet were complaining because taskmaster and the comics has like a skull mask mm-hmm. and looks kind of like a ghost rider yeah cartoon character and they're like where's the skull mask i'm like that this costume looks so much cooler and a skull mask would look ridiculous on screen yeah like <clears throat> it would look like a horror movie fake mask kind of deal yeah i really love the costume yeah we also didn't talk about the introduction of florence Pugh, which <clears throat> i think happened the scene before this scene no i think that's immediately after this I don't think so. Cause no, because Ellie, Ellie cause was here for this scene, and she wasn't there for Florence Pugh's scene, where she where she no, cuts no, no, the no, track no. out of her leg. Oh, 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 yes. I thought you meant when they met no. Florence Pugh. Okay, no, yes. where she so takes the, she Pugh, takes a, a yes. container that we don't know about, and she cuts a tracker out of her leg. That's really it. And then and then we yeah. cut to her in the north in Norway or whatever doing this, and then she runs away. Yeah. Now they're both in Budapest, and we see them interact for the first time. And that's the scene you're yes. thinking of. Yes. So Florence, well, I mean, yeah, that sequence, there's not a lot to talk about, except there's, like, this red mist that can snap widows out of it, kind of, like, fix the brainwashing. Yeah. Um, and also there's, like, Drago is making the wit like, he's just the puppeteer, and he made one widow kill herself. Or, no, that happens later. That's when they're chasing. Yeah. Them and Taskmaster's chasing. Which also, frightening. Frightening villain. Um in that regard uh so i really like this this fight sequence with natasha and taskmaster she gets away by getting knocked off the bridge i just think the fight choreography in this was especially for the hand-to-hand combat which you know this this movie has to center around because that's the character Mm. uh i i was very impressed yeah i really really liked all of this fight choreography 
Um, especially like when they're fighting in Budapest and like they get thrown into walls and stuff. Just yeah, it was great. Um, anyway, they she meets up with Florence Pugh in Budapest. Um, Belova is still working for the Red Room where she kills a former Black Widow. That's right. She also killed the fake Widow, mm-hmm. and then she gets snapped out of it. Right. right? Okay. <clears throat> Um, and then the red dust removes the red room's control over her, and she sends the antidote to Romanoff's safe safe house in the hopes that she will return to help her. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> and then uh, Taskmaster shows up. We talked about that. Uh, Romanoff learns that the red room is still active and that its leader Drakov is still alive. Um, and Black Widow meets up with Florence Pugh and is like, "Hey." Well, uh, Draco's dead. I killed him years ago, and she's like, "Nah, not so fast. He's alive, or he's alive and worse than ever." Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Which I'm trying to think if they mentioned in any of these earlier movies that she killed him, because they do talk about him like he is brought up before, right? Well, and she talks about her troubled past and stuff, which I assume is all now yeah. references to her killing this kid because she felt really yeah. bad about killing a child, but she yeah. didn't. So that's good. Good news for her. Yeah. Well, I mean, she just turned her into a the person a, in, a weird into a deformed monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell bent on killing. Um, yeah. <laughs> but Hell bent yeah, on and you, we also talk, there's a fight sequence between uh, mm. Black Widow and her sister that was pretty neat. Uh, and then and then people come and chase them, and there's more action and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's all fine, you know. That's it's it's, yeah. it's classic Marvel. It's kind of you know Winter Soldiery, a little bit. Yeah, like spy very, running around stuff. Very Winter Soldier vibes. Very Winter Soldier vibes. Uh, I liked that fight sequence, and that's also where, um, like, they're dry, they steal the car, uh, and then Black Widow's like, "You can't just steal a car," and she's like, "What? You want me to chase him down and give it back to him?" I thought that was fun. yeah. Also, the way they crashed into the subway was pretty crazy. Like, yeah. like, and then it was like it yeah. going into a basketball goal almost the way it went down that stairs. Like, yeah, I don't know, bouncing off the rim. That, that, and the kicking open the door and knocking it back over the motorcycle. All of this, all of this chase sequence was really great in three D. I will yeah. say, this was very, very cool Jason Bourne. Yes, for sure, strong Jason Bourne energy. Um, Romanoff un, uh, unknowingly all right I said that uh, in order for her to join shield her mission was to kill Drakeoff which I'm not sure if they mention I they mentioned in this movie but I'm trying to think if they mentioned before like in Winter Soldier or something where they talk about more of her espionage stuff um, after detonating a building with him in it and his young daughter Antonia which also I really like if you're gonna make taskmaster a woman, Antonia, like I love that that's the name because it's Tony Masters. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, it's Tony with an I. That's pretty clever. Um, as long as they didn't change the name, so I like that. Um, both were presumed dead. Romanoff and Belova evade Taskmaster, and that's when they're he's chasing them in the armored vehicle, and they meet back up with Mason, who supplies them an aircraft, which is that crappy helicopter thing. Yeah, and now we get to the next like. really memorable sequence, mm-hmm. which is the breaking the dad out of prison. Yes. This red guard and, and the uh, arm wrestling sequence when he broke that guy's hand, that was yeah. like for Marvel. That was pretty brutal. 
Like when it just showed yeah. like his limp hand come up. Like normally they kind of shy away from, you know, like yeah. most of the injuries in Marvel are someone just like goes like, oh, and then they're completely intact and fine, but they crumpled to the ground. Like they might die, yeah. but it, it doesn't like they don't look, <laughs> you know, maimed or anything. Yeah. Kate, but this was just like Kate a Shoreland's, flubber hand. <laughs> yeah, Kate Shoreland is like, I don't know, it just, the fighting seemed very visceral and realistic, mm-hmm. and I really well, liked that about her style. Even Florence Pugh earlier, when during that sequence where she's stealing the briefcase with the vials, like she stabs that lady in the stomach, and then it shows her twist yeah. the knife in her guts. Yep. Like, yeah. Yeah, pretty, like, for Marvel, that's upper tier, tier visceral. Yeah, I mean, so the first, this year, technically, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier is, like, the highest rated, it's TV-14, it's not PG-13, so yeah. they can technically get away with the most, or they were advertising that as their darkest, most violent thing, because... I mean, the way he murders the guy with the shield was pretty brutal, but you don't see a lot yeah. of it. You just see him. No, you just, you see him, you see a lot of blood on the yeah. shield, like... Which, what an interesting I, that, connection we'll have to talk about at the end there, but, uh... The end the of... The post-credits. Oh, yeah. But we'll, yeah, we'll get I, to that. We we will get to it. We will get to um, it. So then we're, we're at the jailbreak sequence. I think that's a really good sequence all around. Yes. Like, it's, it's this, got the... This was awesome. ...kind of Marvel schmaltz that I like. Like, not only are they mm-hmm. breaking out of a prison and all that crazy shit, but then you're just like, what if we also had an avalanche while this is going on? Yeah, yeah, and this was the one, this is basically one of the scenes, I didn't realize it too, but the trailers, and this, you can't really blame Marvel for this, because they've had to delay this movie so many times and release a new trailer every time they think it's going to come yeah. out to, like, keep it fresh, so we pretty much saw all of this movie in the trailers, like, because they put in sequences of the prison break and sequences of the sky falling, the, the space station falling, kind of. Yeah. Um, which for them, they're very good at being secretive, but again, like COVID is, uh, yeah. so I didn't keep up with obviously. the trailers as nearly as much as you did, but even I, I watched like, uh, Easter egg videos on all of them, like 20 minute breakdowns of each trailer. Yeah. Like I, I was, so ready. I saw a bit of her clip, like on the falling from the sky with stuff. So as soon as I, yeah, you know, knew that they were going to that flying room off like okay so this thing's coming down but i mean you could have guessed that Mm. no matter what really as soon as there's a flying (laughs) machine in a marvel movie it's like that sucker's not gonna stay in the air yeah that thing's going down um but also the uh um but but i was just gonna say the snow thing i had you know of course no idea i didn't see any trailers for that in it so for me that was all fresh yeah um and yeah david harbour's great Yes, uh, he was he was very good in this sequence. It, His Russian accent and, and just really how good. encourageable he is, like how uh, what a scamp his character is. Like he's this narcissist <laughs> who's like always constantly trying to relive his glory days. I thought that was yeah. like a cool I, way to do his character. I love when he constantly brings up like Captain America, yeah. and everyone's like. You're a liar. Like, he's been frozen. He's like, I'm not a liar. I totally fought Captain America. Yo, I'm going to break your yeah. wrist. Like, uh, yeah, that was so cool. And that's one of the things, like, I love all of these things being tied together in the same universe. And it felt like some of the stuff, like the Hawkeye, like, finding their little crawl space. And Natasha being like, yeah, Budapest happened. This is where me and Hawkeye hung out for two days. 
I want to watch this whole sequence happen, as I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier in this episode. Uh, but, like, David Harbour talking about previously fighting Captain America, I think, is the perfect way to incorporate the other Avengers. Yeah. And, like, through storytelling. Mm-hmm. Like, because that's subtle. I haven't heard about it before. Uh, it's character development. It really covers all of the bases, checks all the boxes for me. Um, so David Harbour, I am 100% sold on his character at this point. Uh, let's see if we're missing anything. They break Shostakov, Alexei Shostakov, or Lexi, um, out of prison to learn where Dracov is, and he tells them they need to speak with Vostikov. What fun names this country yeah. has. Uh, who's been living on a farm mind con- using mind control on pigs. Oh, that's Rachel Weiss. Yeah. All right, so they go, they break him out of prison, and they go talk to Rachel Weiss in... And they kind of recreate, like, the childhood atmosphere. And, um, and that, the so, mind control sequence with the pig is good. I thought that was cool, just showing, like, the extent. Because, like, being able yeah. to force something not to breathe... It's yeah. pretty cool. And we kind of already saw that when we saw someone forced to kill themselves. Like, we saw the yeah. mind control do that. So it's kind of like, well, we knew this was possible. But not breathing, I guess, is a little bit more like... Like, it's more of a fundamental function than it is to yeah. force someone to shoot a gun at their own head. It's like... It's for sure, like, raw espionage. Yeah. So that was that was uh, cool. And then... but. Uh, Oh, I still want to talk about some of the other mind control stuff, but we'll get there. So anyway, let's say let's just talk about the sequence where they're eating dinner. I guess it's, it's it's kind of a cool, dysfunctional family thing with all the extra layers of super dysfunction yeah. going on. Yeah, and I kind of like just uh, Harbor and Weiss's relationship where they've been separated for years, but he's still like, "Yo, you looking fine, yeah. girl." Like as soon as they meet up. Also, I don't know if you noticed this, and I don't know if it was the 3D, but Kate Shoreland being a female director, I was shocked with how many butt shots we got of Scarlett Johansson <laughs> and Florence Pugh. Did you notice that at all? Uh, or were your, were your eyes elsewhere? I, I definitely noticed some butt shots. Um, I guess I, it didn't occur to me like that they were like super deliberate. But yeah, yeah, no, I I I, do think if it was a male director, he probably would have gotten called out for the amount of butt shots that it was. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, no, I mean, you have these actresses, like, use them however (laughs) you can, like, sell the product. But I was, I was very shocked with how many, and again, it might have been the 3D, just like the butts are really in your face. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, that was, that was a fun uh, Easter egg that I was not expecting. (laughs) (laughs) um uh so all right yeah uh harbor wants to bang rachel weiss uh and then the kids are like oh mom and dad don't talk about sex please (laughs) um i also like when they're at the table and they're making this was in the trailer but i still think this was a funny uh chemistry where they're like natasha don't slouch she's like i'm not slouching all of you shut up. And then Florence Pugh's like, I didn't say anything. That's not fair. Like, I really like the delivery of that Speaking line. of, I don't know. I guess Florence Pugh is the only connection here. Well, the, uh-huh. you said the sex stuff earlier. Her description of her hysterectomy that was forced on her. Oh, yeah. That was like, they, they, yeah. they were kind of like playing that for laughs, but it was really brutal. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I was like, that's not really even that funny. That's so dark. Like, you can make yeah. jokes about dark things, but like. I don't know. Like I, at least the vibe in the theater I was in was kind of like, oh, 
like yeah. this. Heavy. You, had a, you had a whole theater theater full of David Harbors. Yeah. Well, I mean, just like it wasn't. It was not a big laugh. It did not land. I feel like yeah, but I do feel like like they put that in there. There's some group of people that's gonna laugh at that. I too feel the same way that you feel. Like I didn't think it was in bad taste necessarily, like because because the no. character had that happen to her, and, it, and she can understand it and process it in whichever way she wants to. If she wants to make a joke about it, that's her kind of yeah. prerogative. But yeah, I do. I feel like she's a, yeah no she's. I think that this was kind of a dark joke aimed at a audience that it didn't resonate with I, me i just think they made but, it a little tactile like when she was like oh they got in there and they were like chopping it up and then they pulled it out well like, and okay. it also it also is like they're both frustrated with their childhood and they're still blaming david harbour for all the shit he's happening and they're like oh by the way you're a piece of shit like my uterus got pulled out oh you don't want to hear about it well i had to live yeah, through yeah. a bitch like you're such an asshole uh so I, I I liked it in that regard. I I thought it was new territory for a Marvel movie. For yeah, sure. again, it was hear... it was more hearing it in a Marvel movie that made it jarring yeah. than it was hearing it at all. Like in another movie, I don't think it would have blipped on my radar as much if there wasn't just the ever looming presence of the mouse <laughs> somewhere in the background of all the Marvel <laughs> movies. What if it was an uh, Adam Sandler movie, and Adam Sandler is talking about this? If same it was thing. Uncut Gems, I'd I'd buy it. <laughs> I saw that. No, recently, what if by it's the way, too? Man, that movie so. Have you not seen I, that? I watched the first fifty minutes at the beginning of the pandemic, and I was just and okay. I was also moving at the same time. And there's a lot going on. I was like, "This is too stressful. I can't watch this right now." <laughs> I do vaguely remember. Yeah, you so I dropped out this. after fifty minutes, but I did uh, end up rewatching it and finishing it, and it is how great is that movie? Yeah, no, it it, it is it's so good. It's phenomenal. Um, that is. Uh, a grim bleak uh, view of our friend my friend marshall's future um <laughs> that's where he said it uh he'll be on the podcast one day to talk about it um but if what if adam sandler was in jack and jill and he was playing jill and jill delivered this line about her that would have been being an removed. incredibly poor taste i can't imagine they would have handled that well at all <laughs> i mean after uncut gems he can get away with anything Maybe. What a career! We'll he's see. got such a weird like because he'll just—it's mostly stupid, wacky stuff. And then there's punk drunk, lo- punch drunk love in this movie. Punk drunk <laughs> love. Punk drunk love. He's—he's <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's great. I love. Did you watch his stand-up, The Hundred Percent Fresh, where he sings no, the song about Chris? I never Harley? watched that. Oh, watch it! It's phenomenal. Yeah, it's. But we've talked about this time and time again. He makes bad movies, but he's playing the system. He gets paid. Millions of dollars to go on vacation with yeah, his friends one I, month out of the year. All right, we, I'll just say one more thing, then we got to move away from this. But I saw this like <laughs> YouTube takedown of him. It's like he's scamming people by look. He's just making these movies, and all of his him and his friends are getting paid. It's like that's not a scam. Yeah. Like he's still making people money. Like they don't care. Yeah. They're not. They're not getting the wool pulled over their eyes. They know he's making yeah. low effort films. But as long as they're making money. The people funding them don't give a shit. They're like, yeah, I'll pay. Like, who wouldn't pay Adam Sandler $100 million to make them $110 million? That's just $10 million. <laughs> and, and I mean, these and these movies are making more than $10 million. Yeah, no, I mean, a 10% return on $100 million probably isn't that great. You probably actually want more than that. But, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. You're still, they're actually making a lot more than that. If I could double yes, my money they, and every time it just cost me $100 million to make $200 million, yeah, I'm going to do that over and over and over again. I don't care that yeah. Adam Sandler's getting rich because I'm also getting rich. 
Yes. Uh, it's, it's not a scam. He, he's got it figured out. That's if either of us were more talented or if this podcast finally gets sponsorship, we you bet your ass that we would do that for the rest of our yeah. lives. Would you like make uh, like bedtime stories or a Jack and Jill if it meant that was the life you could Absolutely. lead? Would, you would be okay with that? Yeah. Uh, but you'd probably just make it like a Tim and well, Eric, that's like the thing so too. stupid like, it's clever. I, I, I would feel like some... Like, it would just, like, the performance, like, if you put me in that same thing, first, my performance is going to be terrible because I'm not a comedic actor, but it would also be tinged with a kind of self-awareness just because I don't think you could do it any other way, or I couldn't do it any other way. Yeah. That would kind of change the tone of the film. Like, I don't think I could do it as genuinely as Adam Sandler does it, which would (laughs) just change the kind of humor that it is. Yes. But what if, like, they were to add... uh, like, you had to include all of these tropes in your movie that you hate. Like, you can only use 10% of your brain. Uh, or No, the, yeah, you only use 10% of your brain. Uh, you have to say the word epic, like, 70 times. Uh, well, I'm using 100% is, like, of my brain right now, and it feels epic. <laughs> <laughs> um, you are cutting out a yeah, little bit. Yeah, Spectrum sucks. Spectrum is garbage. Right. Uh we are back uh, to talk about the next step in Black Widow. Um, so they have the family dinner, and then Rachel Weiss after uh, Black Widow has this heart-to-heart with her, and Rachel Weiss is like, how did you keep your heart? That's so sweet. Like, you listened to my dying words when you thought I was dying. Um, and then she's like, I've betrayed you all. Sorry. They're coming to get you. Mind control. Um, yeah. <laughs> classic. Uh, but... Did you and that was a fun twist where they switched faces. Like yeah. I didn't see that coming. I figured like she actually did fuck them over. Um what but what did you think of that whole sequence? I thought it was all pretty good. So I would say that the movie up to this point Yes. I was pretty much completely on board with. I was having a okay. really good time. Like there was some stuff like like cuz I I thought they handled the emotions of them being betrayed by their parents pretty well. Yeah. Like they mm-hmm. they were still, you know, kind of forgiving or whatever but they were also still being like hey chill you're not my dad just -hmm. because you played one for a couple years yes but then basically once we once we go to the ship i think the movie starts to get a little wishy-washy okay so also well we didn't mention david harbour and florence Pugh have a heart-to-heart as well yeah and i like theirs their chemistry because they're the two fun characters in the movie really yes and so watching them together and Florence Pugh is just great. I love Florence she's, Pugh. She's she's amazing. It's Truly a, the best. Yeah. And, and so I'm excited that we'll see a little bit more of her in the MCU in an interesting capacity that we will talk about in the future. <laughs> yes. Uh, she, well, I also, I loved, uh, or what did, what did what did you think of uh, I'm gl- uh, David Harbour singing American Pie? I mean, it, that's the kind of moment you have in this kind of movie. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it wasn't great, but... <laughs> Would you pay for an entire, uh, like, William Shatner version of that song? Him doing it. <laughs> I, I I wish there was, like, a post credit sequence of them just chilling, and they were just, like, at a karaoke bar singing it. That'd be great. I'd pay for mm-hmm. that. Okay. I just want to see more of them hanging out and becoming the, the father-daughter combo that they always wanted to be because i feel like he is much of a little shit as david harbour's character is and he only cares about himself 
Yeah. He also seems like kind of a fun dude, and I just mm-hmm. want them to chill. Okay. Nice. <laughs> uh, very good then. <laughs> um, so, all right, they end up on the space station, which I originally thought was like, oh, is well, this not how even they a space station? It's just a f- airship, an atmosphere station. Yeah. Well, because it's um, like a, it's like a. A space station except for without all the benefits of being in space which is that you can go super fast and you, that you don't have to constantly propel yourself up into the air whereas this yes. airship has to have like the equivalent of it's like a skyscraper in the air like the amount of fuel that it uses has to be insane <laughs> like like the expense of keeping this thing up 365 days a year for like yeah. 30 years yes is incomprehensible and the the fact that people don't notice it like that i don't know it's, it's all it sorts of shake. crazy also just the noise like if unless it's just constantly floating over rural siberia we i i mean it where was it i guess it was in russia yeah, yeah right so probably Which, somewhere in siberia but yeah it's probably somewhere where it's very quiet yeah. also does it make a lot of noise if it's that high up i i mean it's just the enormity of it is just crazy. Like, there's just no way it works logistically without some sort of, like, nuclear something or other. I don't know. It's just okay. it's just crazy. Like, it, I mean, like, cause like, 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 only a, problem with the film. <laughs> I mean, this isn't really a problem. It's Marvel, so all the technology is going to be kind of whatever. It's just like this airship is just, it's just, how would this possibly work? Okay. Gotcha. Um, and, uh, sh- I'm trying to. I'm reading the wiki to make sure we're on track. Um, Drake. Oh, okay, so they get taken to the red room, which is in the sky. So they've been looking for the red room, and it's been in the atmosphere station this entire time. Uh, Dragoff congratulates Vostikov for finding them, and it's revealed that Vostikov and Romanov used face mask technology to switch places. And Dragoff like pieces that together pretty quickly. Right? Yeah, he's pretty smart. Is what yeah. they try to do. Okay, can we now talk about the pheromone stuff? Okay. Okay. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> I did not like this. Okay. I think the pheromone thing would be fine if she uh-huh. had had the same kind of mind control that Florence and her mother had, like you know yes. the chemical stuff in their brain, because then you know yes. the pheromone just triggers their brain to be like, you can't do harm right now. Yes. But also they showed it, and it affects her just by her smelling it. And they're like, and he's like, it's basic science. It's like, okay, okay, huh. makes sense so yeah. far. But then also the way it, they use it like a force field, like she's like, what? And then she like her hands was like, no, I can't hurt you. And it's just like this bubble of no hurting, but she can like How? almost hurt him up to here. And then it's, I don't know, it just doesn't like. There's a pheromone having that s- specific strict control, like that's so narrow. It's not like don't hurt people. It's like specifically don't hurt this one individual. How would you make an anti-violence pheromone? I think I would have just uh, done something when they got on the ship that would have introduced, I guess, some of that mind control power onto her or something. I don't know. Like, there has to be some other reason that she's more affected by the mind control than she thought she was. And that's why she can't stab him or something. Or maybe he unlocks some secret pack, pack, password code that like deep in her memory that no one knew mm. about and he says that and now she can't hurt him or something like that the pheromone thing was just like weird like i was just like uh 
I mean, pheromones <laughs> are the type of things that like one animal smells when another animal puts off, and that just makes them want to have sex. Like that's mm-hmm. the extent of what pheromones do. They, that they would have been a weird pheromone for him to release. <laughs> but they—it's never something like, "Hey, you go," you know, this specific guy you can't do violence to. I also thought, I mean, I I did not honestly of all of the things that because now when I watch these, I have like your voice in the back of my head, yeah. like tearing them apart. And I'm just like, I'm trying to enjoy myself, Jordan. Quiet. <laughs> Shut <me> up. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Ghost of Jordan. Um, and I did not even, that was not even a blip on my radar that that was something you would, uh, I, I did like when she broke on. her nose though. I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. Again, like does breaking your nose sever the nerve to your smell sensors? I think if you break in the right place. I, I I would not have thought that, but I don't. It doesn't bother me. Also, couldn't you have just like been like, I had a plan for this, and what it is is I put stuff up my nose to block the smell. <laughs> that would have been so lame if she just shows up and her voice is like all changed. I've come to take you down, drink off. <laughs> yeah, but it would have, it would have hurt less. <laughs> That can be in your Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. That's how he takes down the villain at the end. <laughs> and it's like, wait, wait. Hello, hello. Like <laughs> I'm here to stop you. That would have been. I bet I'm you didn't very... think you'd hear this voice today. <laughs> My <laughs> ominous gl- presence. <laughs> I'm glad that they did not do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but I thought he was Drake. a cool villain. And like the way they used his body language to be just so overwhelming and oppressive. I thought that was. Yeah pretty good like he just seems so skeezy but again i felt like this he was a good enough villain that i felt like it should have stretched over two movies like there's one movie where it's just about their family coming together and then a second movie about them like finally taking down this guy and that's yeah this thing i mean especially if he's been such a menace to her past i do wish and i understand like if you're gonna they kind of shoehorned it into the timeline so they didn't know that he would be as important but like I would have so much rather seen him in like a winter soldier, even in a supporting capacity, like just, just in the background or just, just something where we or like really he knows see how menacing. Or, yeah. Or like he has some connection with, um, Nemo. Zemo. Yeah. Zemo. Like, because that guy hates Hydra and surely this guy, he's evil, but he's not Hydra. He's not with Hydra. So surely he would hate Hydra just because they're also evil people that are presumably messing with his own independent evil plans. Yeah, I would, I don't know, I would really like to see more of, of that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, and, and just, this, is, this is, I guess it's a criticism that feels more powerful just because, again, Feige normally has a pretty good sense of everything going on in the universe and ties it together. But since yeah. this is shoehorned in, like you're saying... It, it feels like, well, but if all these things are true, if this movie happened exactly how it is, and all these characters are as important as they were, were purportedly in this movie, like if Drekoff is as powerful as he is in that sequence where he shows how many Black Widows he has around the world, then uh-huh. how is his power not been felt in any prior movie? Uh-huh. Like, it, it just doesn't quite add up. Yes. True. Um, I... Yeah, and just with the espionage stuff, like, he could have... I'd fit in, like, well with these earlier stuff. Um, yeah, he, it would, he's so Easter eggable, just the way yeah. he can slide into any situation, and yet and they didn't have any of it, so it feels kind of unearned how evil he is now. 
Yeah. And I kind of, like, you know how Ramsey Bolton, over the course of Game of Thrones, they build him up, and he's like, oh, this guy sucks. He's not really important in season three, but, you know, like, I hope he gets his just dessert someday. Yeah. Uh, and boy, does he. Yeah. And then he turns into, like, a menacing villain. So I would have really liked to see, like, Dracov over the course of these movies. And I know he did most of his damage in the past, like, pre-Iron Man 1, mm-hmm. but, but still, I would have liked to see a lot of that kind of stuff in the back well and, they, and maybe they they also more like of it in the future if they really knew they were going to do this there could have been in winter soldier or something a, like because her sister could have been her equivalent of the winter soldier yeah like they, they could have had a fight sequence with her somewhere along the way and yes. been like who is that and and she's like you know dismissive of it like oh i can't yeah she's someone that i used to know or whatever so i feel like this movie was kind of not only a response to Wonder Woman, but also in Endgame, like a lot of criticism was the huge funeral at the end is Tony Stark. Like they barely, they grieved over Natasha for a very brief amount of time, mm-hmm. which I have said has not bothered me because when she dies, a lot of people have died and they got a lot of shit going on. I get your complaint that they only mourn Tony's death at the end, but also, you know, uh, he brought the entire universe back. I get where they're coming from. And I I don't know. I That was never a thing that bothered me uh, in Endgame. But I feel like this movie was just kind of a good epilogue for her to give her character a nice passing. But now, as a result, I feel like to this, we need either a prequel movie or a prequel show that centers around more Florence Pugh-related stuff. Yeah. And, she, and then we get more Dragoff being like a super evil dick yeah i guess it's really the second half of this movie again once they get to the airship where i like i said it kind of loses me a little like there's just so much happening all of a sudden and i just feel like the payoff for killing this guy while great and i think his performance was good too there just wasn't quite enough to it like it, it felt like the movie wanted me to be feeling like this kind of satisfaction that he's dead but it wasn't entirely earned because I only knew about him and interacted with him for like 20 minutes before that. Hmm. Like I, every up to the point that we see him in his office, it's been all tell and no show about how evil he is. Yeah. Like we haven't interacted with him. Like they, like if there was an earlier scene with him in it, just to give us that feeling, like maybe something with Florence Pugh where he's like being really menacing to her. So we can just start to hate him a little bit more. Where he is, like, overseeing the doctors perform the surgery, removing her ovaries. <laughs> or something. I don't know. Just something to make us hate him more viscerally earlier. Yeah. And the story about her accidentally killing his daughter also seemed a bit, like, just thrown in there, kind of. I don't know. That that whole sequence, it, it seems like there's enough of her lore where they can kind of grab something from the past. Wait, so what are you but... giving this out of six? Oh, I didn't... I do my review at the beginning. Yeah. Um, wow, we've made it very far into this. Yep, too bad. Uh, uh-oh. Uh, I guess you'll have to just edit this in post, and this will be, like, the intro now. Yeah. And us we'll talking end, about the shit. I'll just reverse the audio. Okay, great. Just play it backwards. Yeah. Um, oh, man. See, it's been two years since we've done a movie, people. Why didn't you remember this? Regardless, since we've... I know we've been doing the shows the exact same format, but... Uh, do you have? Did you have? I texted you the other day if you had the list of us re-ranking them. 
Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if you have, like, a master spreadsheet, because I was trying to... I know where this stacks up on my ranking of all of them. Okay. Uh, Let me see. I'll, I, I'll look for I it real was, quick. Start saying... Okay. On a, so, I, I put this movie, and I'm going to watch it again, and these, these slide around all the time, my list of MCU movies. But, um... This is number 20 out of 26 current MCU properties. So this is right behind Captain America First Avenger and right in front of Ant-Man 1 in my favorite MCU properties. Okay, I do so, have the list. Great. And it's it's the one that we the re-rank? Yes. Okay, great. So what did I give Captain America 1 and Ant-Man 1? Okay, Captain America 1, you gave uh, 3.8. I gave a 3.8? Can I do that? Yeah. I'm, oh, because it's 3. Point, yeah, yeah, okay. I don't know what it a was tiny out wasp. of 6. Oh. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. So it's a 3.5 with it's, a wasp added to it. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then what did I give Ant-Man? Ant-Man, you gave... Uh, I wish this was slightly smaller. Uh, just like Ant-Man is. <laughs> a four. So, so that's going to be Okay, hard to interesting. So my list that. is already, my list is already botched. I will say, so these like move around uh, over and over again. Like yeah. I do, because I, I rewatched Captain America 1 and I had a really great time with it. Every time I watch I, okay, it, I Okay, really yes. Like I, I'm actually, I was thinking the same thing. I gave it a 2.5 here. Actually, I like First Adventure more than 2.5. Yeah, no, it, it's really great. It it grows on you time and time again. Okay, so, oh, all right, well, three point eight and a four. So this is gonna be, you know what? I'm I'm gonna give this a four, four out of six Avengers, because I think it's it's very solid. It's a lot of fun. I am excited to rewatch it. Um, but it's kind of just it had like Ant Man vibes to it. It's like this is a really good like entry, but there's so many other great things around it that I'm less interested in this one than the other mcu like am i more excited for shang chi and the eternals yes am i i, I feel like i'm gonna watch eternals is gonna be so high on my list i am just so excited for that movie yeah i i will say the the comparison i i think this gets for me is winter soldier for obvious reasons <laughs> but you didn't like winter soldier i loved winter soldier. well but i gave it a three and a half which i think is what i'm gonna give this Okay, but don't spoil it because you don't give your review until the end. Well, we're pretty close to the end. But we haven't uh, talked about the post credits. We have not talked about. Okay, so another uh, minor complaint: Taskmaster was great. Uh, I feel like her character was underutilized. Also, yeah. I like I like what they did with the Antonia Tony Masters, but I. I understand, like, making certain lead characters, like, female and they're not in the comics or changing their race as they are in the comics, like, and, you know, like, whitewashing Ancient One in Doctor Strange is a poor decision, like, yeah. and Tilda Swinton has come out and said so. But, like, and, and I'm totally all for, like, recasting some of these characters in a new spin, like, oh, because uh, what's-her-face um, in Falcon and Winter Soldier was a dude in the comics. It was Carl whatever, and she's Carly. And I like that. I liked her as a villain. Taskmaster, like, 
just maybe because he's more of a iconic villain in the comics, I was kind of upset that they just randomly made her a woman who story that was shoehorned into this movie. I really like how they call her Antonia Masters. I think that's really clever. Tony with an eye. I love that. Um, also, the real reveal was kind of like, oh. Yeah. Oh. I, I Honestly, I just had higher hopes for Taskmaster, I guess, overall. And now... And I would be more interested in seeing Taskmaster show up in future movies, like if it's the main comic book guy. But now this this version of Taskmaster, until they build more on her character, I am not really looking forward to seeing her do other stuff. All right, wait. I'm going to actually put us into this spreadsheet since I have the spreadsheet pulled up right here. Great. Why are... Huh. I guess I copied this from wikipedia because these all link to the wikipedia articles which is just like <laughs> I, I would never put that work in myself to make it <laughs> the hyperlinks yeah it's all hyperlinked all hyperlinks wow black um, widow black widow for the first we did this re-rank also like two years ago yeah because it's july which 2nd is... 2019 is the last movie and we did this in september it looked like when i was opening it wow that's and it's now that is wild. It was 7 8 2021 was the official release date even though you saw it yes. a little bit early. I saw it a little earlier than you. Yeah. Um and you're giving it a 4 I'm giving it a 4 out of 6. 4 and I'm going to give it a 3.5. Little spoiler. Uh wait, wait. Oh oh oh. Well, no surprise there. Yeah. Um you should send me this list after this episode by the way. I now I can uh, have a better idea of what I rate. Yeah, it's so interesting seeing this. Like, because every you're right, it's hard to like stuff kind of changes around in your memory. Some stuff like right now, I'm looking at Captain Marvel, and I gave that a four mm. and a half. I might really want that yeah. to be a four. I, I think it, it uh, hasn't held up as well in my memory as that I enjoyed it when the first time. Like, I just felt like there were some parts of it that were a little obtuse in retrospect. I watched it again last night, and it was better than you thought. No, no, because I loved it the first time. I don't think... I will say, like, this rewatch, like, didn't really do anything for me. I watched it a year ago. I've seen the movie, like, six times at this point. I But there's so many, like, great scenes, great sequences, especially toward the end of the movie. I really love... I just remember when she, the, that flashback thing they kept doing and feeling that was a little tedious. What flashback? Like, you with her spaceship she... crash or whatever? Like, it's just like... Oh, no, I like that. I was yeah. a fan of that. I don't know. Let's see. Captain Marvel on my list is number 12 right behind Falcon and Winter Soldier and in front of Far From Home. And I was watching it last night and thinking like Far From Home might be better than this. I'm going to that might drop one after I watch Far From Home. So, an interesting um, thing with this spreadsheet that I didn't do intentionally is I put mm-hmm. some gradients on there, so like auto formatting colors. Um, mm-hmm. So mostly I did that so you could very easily see which movies are ranked bad and good. So green move or good movies will be in green based on our rankings, mm-hmm. and bad movies will be in okay. red. So it's really easy to pick out where the worst ones are. But then I, gotcha. I must have just thrown a gradient on the dates for no reason. But what <laughs> that has ended up doing is it makes it really clear when there has been a gap in time, because the gradient uh, of color changes more because it's a bigger distance. Yeah. So there's there's like a big jump after Incredible Hulk because it goes from green to like more of a teal. Uh, interesting and i don't know like it just it's a very smooth gradient from like 2015 to like 2018 it's just like you yeah. can hardly you know it's just like it's like a you know, like a sliding scale and then you, again you get to the very bottom and there's just this clear jump 
Yeah, in time. I mean, God willing, this there will never be a huge jump again. Because I, I just listened to the Far From Home episode, and I was just the whole time complaining like, oh, we have to wait eight months to see Black Widow? <laughs> and uh, two You were wrong. You didn't have to passed. wait eight months. You had to wait I much longer. Much longer. I guess it was ten months. Yeah. July to May. Yeah, ten months. But it ended up being two years. Um, so, do you want to talk about the post credits? Yeah, let's talk do you have about post credits. So that was also. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Before, before uh, the end of the movie is ta- the family. Also, we got to uh, put our things on the table, but we'll. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Florence Pugh and David Harbour and Rachel Weisz take the widows and Taskmaster away, uh, and then the cops all show up and. I guess it is implied that Natasha gets away because she has a jet uh, provided by this guy who is brand new to the franchise and could have been played by Ned from Spider-Man. <laughs> um, yeah. And then she... So she just gets away and... Yeah. Uh, from Ross. Classic Ross. Always two steps behind these superheroes. Yeah. Um, yeah and then just the... She's like, I have a family. I need to go break some guys out of jail. Like, so Captain America, like, you didn't even mention where he was this whole time. I feel like you could have hung out with him. He could have made an appearance briefly. Uh, th- these are these are my biggest gripes with this movie. But overall, it's a fun ride and really well executed. So let's talk about that post credit scene. Yeah. So she's she's going to be part of the same team that U.S. Agent is a part of. Yes. That just seems, to me, it's surprisingly... And I I guess this team isn't going to be straight up bad. They're going to be like a morally gray Avengers. At least that's... I I know they're setting them up to be antagonists for the Avengers. Like, I assume they'll be like a Civil War equivalent fight. But they also don't... Yeah. They're very clearly not making them wholly evil. They tried to give Walker some redeeming features. But really, Mm -hmm. he just fell short of the ideals... Of the Avengers, yeah. but not being as good as the Avengers doesn't make you evil; just makes you yes. like kind of human. Um, yes. Though he did murder a guy with Captain America's shield. <laughs> yeah, it's so uh, he's a pretty bad great. guy, but he's not like he's not a villain. Yeah, he's not a straight villain. Oh. So it feels weird to include Florence Pugh in this because, like, obviously she also has a complicated backstory, but she was also mind controlled for the entirety, which is very different than what he was. It kind of seems. So, and again, this was supposed to, this is, like, if I saw this credit sequence, like, seeing Elaine from Seinfeld, this was supposed to be her first original debut in the universe. And I would have been like, who's that? What's going on? And then, like, Thunderbolts. But now I'm like, oh, it's her again. I've seen her before. And also the timeline, I feel like the vibe I got from this post-credit was like, uh, hey, I got some work for you to do. And Florence Pugh's like, I want out. I'm done with you. And then she's like, by the way, I know who killed your sister, who also Hawkeye... Did not kill Of him. no fault of his own. Yeah, yeah like, he, he tried to kill himself twice. Yeah. <laughs> um, they had a competition so I, to see who could who was better at, you know, dying without the other one stopping him. <laughs> and he I lost. I really... Yeah. 
I really don't think that Florence Pugh is going to end up on the same squad as John Walker's U.S. agent. Like, Right. It just it, doesn't feel – it feels weird for those to be the first two people we know to be on this team because they just seem to come from such very different angles to get there. Yeah. And I, I like a lot how the post-credits – the stinger at the end of Iron Man 1, Phase 1 – and this is a brand new Phase 4 slate, and he's approached by Nick Fury, and we're kind of getting the opposite. We have, like, an anti-Nick Fury showing up to recruit, like, a team of a, a super yeah. evil Avengers kind of deal. Well, and it feels like I, Taskmaster might have been an interesting choice for the team. A much better decision, yeah. honestly. And because she's got, like, a much more complicated, like, is she good, is she bad, how is she going to handle this? Like, again, yeah. she's kind of innocent, so you don't you feel bad saying that she's evil but at the same time like i i'm much more likely to believe that she could be uh misled into joining an evil team than florence Pugh's character because like what does that say about florence Pugh's character if she can be coerced into joining this nega avengers well you know she had her ovaries removed so she's probably upset about that still yeah but uh, i think she's too I... good to take it out on I again, I don't. Uh, this was supposed to come first. I think she will kind of be blinded with rage, and apparently, she is rumored to star in the Hawkeye TV series that is coming out this fall. Yeah. Um, so well, I mean, that, we that know, certainly makes sense given this. <laughs> now we know her business. Also, I feel like she would win in a fight against Hawkeye, probably based on this one movie that I've seen her in. Uh, but... I guess it depends on whether she cl- how quickly she closes the gap. From yeah. far away, he's got, he's got he's a got big advantage. <laughs> Pretty big advantage from distance. And also, he'll be training like uh, Kate Bishop as the new Hawkeye. Yeah. Um, mm. So I am curious how they handle that. Yeah. But I... This post credit scene would have done significantly more for me had she not... That her... Uh, Valentina not been exposed to me in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. But... I mean, this is the cards they were dealt. Of all of the things to get moved around during COVID, if this is the biggest side effect, like, that's pretty okay. Yeah. It was fun. And Kevin Feige says that is the only thing that was messed up by COVID scheduling-wise. Yeah. It was a fine movie, but it wasn't great. It was... It, but for the first half, I was like, this could be a really good movie. And then it just kind of lost me a little bit, but... Hmm. Yeah, pretty much immediately, like, after the intro, after the Smells Like Teen Spirit intro... I was realizing that this was going to take place solely in this two-year window where it was described to me, it was pitched to me by Kevin Feige himself as Marvel's Better Call Saul. Yeah. But it's like, Better Call Saul goes way back and way into all of the nitty-gritty of the origins of these characters, and you really just talk about a two-year period. Mm -hmm. I think I was just sold a lot of things in this movie that did not come true, and that's where some of my... uh, disinterest came from. Yeah, I haven't looked at any reviews. Have you looked like what's the Rotten Tomatoes on this? Rotten Tomatoes is eighty two right now. It's I am I am surprised. It is a three seven on letterbox, which obviously is subject to change. Out of ten or what? But three seven out of five. Oh, okay. And let me let me just give you a comparison of what some of these other movies are in Letterbox, just so you have a Oh, an idea. Mm-hmm. 3-7, Black Widow. Civil War is a 3-6. Iron Man 1 is a 3-7. Black Panther is a 3-7. Yeah, Captain this is Marvel. not better than Black Panther. Or yeah, Civil Captain War. Marvel, Captain Marvel is a 3-1. Doctor Strange is a 3-5. Uh, 
Age of Ultron is a three one. I, or, or Doctor Strange as an origin or as a standalone movie is much better. I think. Yeah, I I would agree. Uh, the Avengers three seven, um, Infinity War three nine, Endgame four. Because I think home... uh, Cap or going back to Doctor Strange. That that is a really good final act of a movie, like that final fight yeah. with the time stuff going yeah. on, and then the Dormammu yeah. whatever. Like it's that great. was all very cool. I thought that was it's uh, stuff, yeah. I thought that movie got better and better as it went along, and this is kind of the opposite to me. I and I love the Dormammu's like you'll die for eternity, and he's like pain is an old friend. I, that yeah, that whole movie slaps. Uh, Spider Man Homecoming is a three six, and Winter Soldier is a three eight. So that's just, and also, so this is day one, so all the super fans see it, and then probably by the end of the weekend, I'm thinking it'll probably be a 3.6 or a 3.5. You don't think it'll be like a 3.4? Or 3.3? Uh, no. I think it's hot, because I'm shocked that it got up to a 3.7. Like, I think that the fan base for this movie is very real. It's um, also, like, people haven't seen a Marvel movie in a theater. So yeah, now, so, so I think, I, I think it has that going that. for it, for sure. Um... But I, I was, I mean, three seven. That's that's awesome. That this late into the game, we're getting movies that are this well received by the audience. Like twelve years later, or thirteen years yeah. later. I don't know. Just once we MCU. got to this guy, I, I, I don't know. There's just the, this movie. It was good. Like it's not like I was. I left the theater like, well, that was a waste of time. I was certainly like that was enjoyable. There was a lot of really strong moments in it. Um, you know, yeah. even even in that later sequence, like even if I don't like all the justification for having a giant flying, perpetual flying helicopter tower, <laughs> seeing uh-huh. it fall out of the sky is pretty fun. Like yeah. just objectively as a, you know, big Hollywood stunt, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yes, I. I mean, once I got past my initial, uh, once I realized this movie was not going to be what I thought it was going to be, which happened within the first 30 minutes, I was on board for the ride the entire time. And then my only uh, disdain or complaints for the rest would be Taskmaster was underutilized. Yeah, maybe I want to give this a four. I haven't said who's my Avengers at the table are. Actually, because I I feel like it should get a four for the parts that I liked in the first, I like the first two thirds a lot. Okay. So four seems fair. Four, hey, that's what'd you give Ant Man one and two? I I was threes. Guessing that both of them threes. Both of them threes. Interesting. Okay, wow. I think I like this more. Maybe because I like David Harbour and Florence Pugh. And and this like while this did have sciencey mumbo jumbo, it was very back end heavy sciencey yeah. mumbo jumbo whereas the sciencey mumbo jumbo was all the time in ant-man yeah i mean i like you can't go five minutes I'll... in ant-man without <laughs> hearing about a pim particle and the flux time <laughs> capacitors and whatever <laughs> yes the flux time capacitor um yeah i did enjoy this uh more than both of the ant-mans but i it wouldn't be an entire avenger difference wow um, i gave my I Avengers... gave iron man three a three in this re-rank list. Wow. I think that's, that's low. super low. I, I would bring that's that so up. That's so low. Should we do a re-re-rank? <laughs> that seems egregious, <laughs> but it has been a couple of years. Yeah, it's been two years. I think our tastes have changed since 2019, and there's TV shows now we got to include. <laughs> this I is, think, honestly... We have a same rating, and the last time we had a same rating was Homecoming, where we both gave it a 5.5. Okay. 5. And that okay. is our 
only other instance of having the same rating. So this movie, wow. we're both giving it four. What a great way to start phase four. <laughs> With fours. Yeah. Are you going to... You should probably include the TV shows on that master list. Mm. Yeah, the official Disney Plus TV shows. Yes, correct. Right. Uh, well, okay. We'll, we'll put them we, on. We're, we'll update that. And yeah, we're going to have to research what we gave those. Exactly. It's been a while. Yes. <laughs> um, so, and also, Loki Episode 5 has come out. We won't, aren't going to talk about it, because that is for next week. Mm-hmm. Um, what a lovely uh, stretch of time where I get to see your face three uh, three weeks in a row. Well, it's really two times this week. This, did we do Loki? When did we do Loki? Was it really last week? I think it was last week. It was the end of last okay. week. Okay, well, whatever, like three Friday. weeks in a row then. Oh, no, it was Saturday, it was Saturday. Okay, yeah, so it was last week. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah, and then we're going to do another Loki. We're going to see how it uh, all falls into place all, all the Watson. elements are coming all the elements to, are coming together sir, <laughs> sir. <laughs> all right well i've been waiting for guffman uh, wait wait i uh my adventures at the table okay. are i'm gonna put the classic four i love this dinner this family lineup i'm gonna put all my widows and red guardian at the table okay as my adventures and my four are going to be tony stark pepper Potts, mm. ned mm. And classic, uh, Doctor Strange. Oh, what a lineup! <laughs> what a lineup! All watching Black Widow. Um, well, that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm excited to do. We're gonna get another movie in like less than two months. Insane. I know. We're back at it again, and then we get another one in less than two months from there, and then another one in less, like a month from there, because yeah. Spider Man. And also, we, we have not seen any promo footage for no way home yet they are really keeping us in the dark on that yeah. one well exciting very exciting i've been jordan peoples marvel has sucked <laughs> oh it pains me uh i've been Cade weiberg and we're back baby marvel doesn't suck